So we're going to um, visit our beloved Ephesians. <laughs> Hallelujah. We're going to step back into Ephesians and read about some of the things in there. And Paul was teaching. And you know, the word is, is given to help us, to encourage us, to give us hope. That's what It's called the good news. And that scripture is there to do that very thing. So it's really, once it's planted there, then it's up to us to take it and wear it and to eat of it and to drink and to decide, yeah, I'm going to take that and I'm going to believe and I'm going to use it. Because that's what really activates the word in your own life is when you decide that you're going to act on it and do what it says. We can read it all day long. We can read it all night long. You can memorize scriptures. But if you don't act on it, then it will not be working in your life as strong as it could. God is gracious and he works to help us. He works to help us. But he also put the ball in our park, as one would say. On, it, we're on the other side and it's up to us to hit it and, and, and get some action going. Amen. And I'm all about hitting home runs. How about you? I mean, I was not really that great of a sport person, but I can sure use it in an analogy because I know what winning means. And to win with the word, we got to use it. Amen. So we're going to go to Ephesians. And we're going to go, we're going to stay in Ephesians 1, but I'm going to jump down to 17. And I told pastor I was going to jump down there. And he goes, what? You're going to do what? I'm like, I'm going there because that's where I want to go. Because there's something there that's stirring me up, and I'm excited about it. Amen? <laughs> and he was like, well, okay. <laughs> so we're jumping down into Ephesians 1, 17, and we're going to read just a few scriptures here. And this was Paul praying for the saints, all right? So this is a prayer that's for the saints. So this prayer is also for us today, because the Bible is not changed, and it's for all ages to come. So this is for us as well. So in 117... He was, he was, like I said, praying and giving thanks. And he said that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you, that's us, the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, that the eyes of your understanding being enlightened. And he's not talking about our, our physical eyes, not talking about our brain. We're talking about our spirit here. That being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and, this is where I wanted to get to, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe? His power. But he did, he put some adjectives in there explaining what about that power it's just not any power it's just not a power but that exceeding greatness of his power to who towards us towards you not just to write it in the word because it sounds good but no towards us it's power he said and it's exceeding great power towards you and towards me what for? It's for us to tap into. It's for us to be a doer of the word and tap into a power that is towards us to use it for us. Yeah, to use it for us, but also to be a distributor of it. 
It's not just for our life, but boy, he wants you working in it and he wants it in your life. Because the minute you tap into that power of the Lord or that revelation and that wisdom and you tap into that and you use it and it starts working in your life, you begin to walk as Jesus walked. And you begin a testimony that you'll start speaking forward with power because it'll be out of your spirit of what you've been walking in according to the word from God of that power that's in you. Your testimony will distribute out power to other people who will be encouraged and lifted up in a higher place in God. That's what the gospel does. It grows. It's like when you eat a really good meal, you can grow a bit. But this I like because there's no calories in it. And it energizes you. The word will energize you. This is why I'm reading this, because I needed energy today. <laughs> no, but I did. But and I can tap into it, and I can get it. And that power works through us spiritually to do what needs to be done, because it is towards us. Amen? So, so many times we're asking, oh, God, I need power. Oh, God, give me power. Well, wait a minute. He said he already gave it to us. He said it's already been given. Now, if you went and you ordered something from Amazon, and you got it at your house, and it arrived, and the package is in your house, and you opened it, you're just not sitting, oh, is it going to get here? Where is it? Where it? No, you have it already, and you know that, and common sense tells you that. But see, these things in the Bible, we cannot use our brain to function with because our brain will trip us up. That's why the renewing of the mind is important, and he said to renew it daily because if we don't, we're going to forget. We're going to forget, well, I already have that. I don't need to go back into the Bible and order it again. No, it came. He said that it came, and I have it. It's already towards me when I received him. Amen? So it's a renewing of our mind and acting out by faith that that power is there because God said it is there. Amen? So we don't need to keep asking for it. We don't need to wait on it. It's already ours. We need to speak like that. I already have this. The Lord said that he healed my body. I've been healed by his stripes. I was healed. So if my body hurts, it just has to straighten up right now. Because it's healed. I mean, you should talk to yourself that way. It's a t t t t You know, like a cut out of V8. You know, those moments. Wait a minute. That's right. I do have the power. We need to instill that in ourselves. And that's why getting in church and in Bible studies and spending time with God just builds it stronger, builds it up, helps us to remember what we do have. Amen? So we're going to look at this power. And so put a um, place marker there because we're coming back to Ephesians. But we're going to go to Luke 10. We're just going to study the power a little bit here. 
Because like I said, there is a reason he gave it to us. He gave it as a blessing. Amen. It's a blessing. It's a blessing. It's a blessing. He gave it to bless us, but he gave it for other reasons, like I said, to distribute. And so when Jesus was sending out people to go out and preach the gospel, he was telling them what to do. He gave them in Luke 10, he told them, he gave them directions of how to go out and how to preach and, you know, what to do. And then when they came back, in Luke 17, they came back and they told them, you know, whoa, man, the power worked. The, the 70 of them were excited because they used the name of Jesus and people were changed and miracles happened. And I mean, there were 70 of them. We got to imagine with our own mind what possibly must have happened because they're coming back and telling Jesus how amazed they are what took place under the name of Jesus when they used it. And so in 19, he replied, or let's start in 18, because they were talking about, well, let's go to 17. <laughs> I learned this from pastor. Well, let's just go back to Genesis. <laughs> so let's go to 17, because it says, then the 70 returned with joy. Whoo, hallelujah. You know, you use God's word, and you use it, and you're going to see things change, and you're going to get a little joy on you. I think joy can give you an attitude. Like, oh, I want more of that, you know? And then you think, that belongs to me. And you like the way it tastes, and you like the way it feels. And it's good to be around people. You get some joy on you, and you're going to have a lot of people want to hang out with you, and you can share it. You can tell them, you want some of this joy? It's free. And there's plenty of it to go around. Amen? So the 70 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. Jesus wasn't with them. Jesus was not with them. Jesus is with us. Hello? They said, subject to us in your name. And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. You want to talk about power? I missed the big thunderstorm. I heard that there was big thunderstorms here. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for that rain. Amen. Were we all rejoicing? I was rejoicing from Honduras because my phone went off. And I'm like, oh, there's a thunderstorm in Mesa. Yay. Lord, give them rain. But lightning is power. Now, that's, that's a natural power, but it's powerful. And he threw Satan out of there with a bolt of lightning. 19 said, behold, he's telling them this 70 who came back really wowed at the power of what took place when they used the name of Jesus. Behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions. And when I read that, I thought, praise God, I live in the desert. I'm not afraid of scorpions anymore. It's not what he's talking about, but that's true. We, the the uh, serpents and scorpions are, are uh, symbolic of demons and devils, but hey, I'm using it for those little critters running around in my living room. They are not going to scare me. I use the name of Jesus on them, and they just roll over and die. <laughs> Behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. 
is for us today. Nothing can hurt you. When you are built up strong. See, the problems when things begin to hurt us is when we get spiritually weak. When we let our guard down. The Bible talks that we are soldiers. And we are on a battle line. And when you let your guard down, then you allow an area of weakness where Satan can get in and poke and prod and pick on you. Because that's what he tries to do. He really has no power because he's already been thrown out of there. He just has the, the way of making you think with subtle thoughts. That's where it is. He puts thoughts up here. Oh, my back. Oh, my back. And then, you know, before you know it, somebody walks up and tells you that they just had a cousin that had back pain and then it was a kidney failure and they died overnight. Honestly, that will, Satan will do that. You can, you can bump your elbow and before you know it, there's somebody that lost their arm because of that. It's thoughts and imaginations that he tries to send to get into your thinking process. So you'll ponder on those things. But he's really a wimp. I told them that when I was teaching a group there in Honduras. To, we were teaching on authority, and I said that Satan was just a wimp. And they're all looking at me, and I'm thinking, do they know what a wimp is? <laughs> I was like at the interpreter, do they know what a wimp is? Is there another word? <laughs> That's what he is. But we have all power and authority right here, he said. He has given it to us to trample on all the powers of the darkness. Anything that Satan tries to throw at you, you got the power to say, stop. Get out of here in the name of Jesus. And then you'll believe with your heart that that spiritual realm is working. You don't look with your physical eyes of what's going on because that will deceive you because the spiritual realm is much more powerful than the natural realm. And then we know by what the Bible says that we live by faith, not by our sight. And if you will just stand your ground, that 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 you spoke to has to change. If you stand your ground. See, there's that qualifying factor. If you cast that care. If you pick that suitcase up and take it back out and put it in your car, it's going home with you. So you leave that junk here today. When you dropped it, it stays in this room. God took it, ate it up, bam, it's gone. Don't take it. And so he just said, we have the power to do that. Amen? So let's go back into Ephesians. I told you to keep a marker, and I didn't. Let me go back there and find it. So that power, he said, that he gave it to us. With power comes authority. He said to trample in Luke. To trample on it. Don't back down. Don't back down from a situation that you know is right and God's with you. The mighty God that made the heavens and earth and us 
and who's going to wrap this thing all up like a beautiful package one of these days. Don't back down. He said, don't back down. He said, trample over it. Stand your ground. Know who you are in Christ. Know that that power is in you and that you can believe that God's got your back because he said he does. He just wants you to believe it. If you'll just believe it, then you'll be able to stand there and go, no, I'm believing it. And don't back down. Trample over it with his word. Amen? So we have that authority. So then we were reading, and Paul said that he prayed that the eyes of our understanding, that we would know, see, that we would know these things. In 18, the eyes of your understanding being lightened, that you may know. You've got to know it. We can read it today, but you've got to know it. You've got to know it in your fiber, in who you are, in your being. You've got to know it down in here. You've got to meditate. I know this is true. Meditate on it and make it who you are. Not just something you hear in a good sermon. Not just something you read on Friday night or Thursday when you're reading the Bible. But something like you know. You know who your, your physical, most of us, physical mom and dad is. You know who they are. There's no doubt who they are. You know that. Well, we should know that what this word says, we should know it like we know the person that we're closest with in our lives. Your spouse, your kids, we, there's just no doubt. You, you know that. See, that's what this, that we would know it in that way, that it becomes something that's an intuitive, you don't have to think about it because it's part of you inside, becomes who you are. Amen? We don't know it with our head. We know it with our heart so that we would know that and that the eyes of our would be open, light, all right? So then down to 20, let's look, let's read a little further. He said, and what the exciting, exceeding greatness of his power, that's what we're looking at is his power, towards us who believe according to the working of his mighty power. There he called it again something else. It's the exceeding greatness. Goes a little bit further. He calls it the mighty power which he worked in Christ, this is what he did with this exceeding power that's toward us. He worked it in Christ when he raised him from the dead. He categorized what this power is. It's the resurrection power. It's the greatest work that was ever done with that power, and I'm doing this right here, not because I have a stomach ache, but because that's where that power is sitting. You ought to walk around when you're talking to yourself going, God's in here. You, you need to like be pondering that that power is in here. This is where it is. The resurrection power, not the power, not the one that opened, and, and man, in our, now see, in our, our mind, we go, man, that would have been something to see the Red Sea open up. Oh. That would have been some power to see. Or to see that water flowing from a rock. That would have been amazing. See, we can like all of a sudden, you can like, you got a little movie film. Did you see that Red Sea open up? You're thinking what that would look like. Oh, that would be like a miracle. No, he didn't even, he didn't compare it to those powers. He didn't even compare it to the power of, of, of 
speaking the universe in to existence. He compared it to the power when Jesus was crucified and went to hell. Took every sickness, every disease, every depression, poverty, junk of this age, junk of this world that took it with him and then God raised him up not only to this, but through the heavens, raised him up to the highest level at the right hand, seated him at the place of authority. That, my friend, is power. That is the power he's talking about that's towards us. That's way more powerful than your Ford Dodge. Or, you know, those big vroom, vroom. Those people that think they got the power. Oh, no way. We got the power. So we want to see that what he compared that to was that resurrection power that seated him at the right hand. And we will read on a little bit further here into 21. So starting back at 20, when he worked in Christ, when he raised him, he's talking about that power, it's in us, when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, 21, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also that which is to come. And you know, when he raised him, there had to be something trying to oppose it. Don't think you ain't going to be opposed. Don't think you're going to be just running around on the playground skipping because you've got the power. You're going to be opposed to this power. Your faith is going to be put on trial. You've got the power in you, but there's something that's going to try to make you think you don't. You will be opposed. But if you will just stand your ground and mix your faith with this, use your faith that we have faith. God dealt every believer a measure of faith. And it's what you do with your faith. And we know faith comes from hearing the word and hearing the word of God and spending time with the Lord. That's what builds your faith up. That's why it's important to watch what you're looking at. Pay attention. What do I put my eyes on? Pay attention. What am I hearing? Who am I hanging out with? That's why the Bible tells us, blesses the man who walks in the counsel of God, who pays attention to his friends are, who's aware of what he's doing on a daily basis. We're going to be in the world with sinners, and we should be, because we want to be a testimony unto them. We just all hung out with each other right here. We will be doing the kingdom of God no good. We'd just be having our own little feast. In a selfish way. But we're to share the gospel and be a testimony and walk because Jesus hung out with the tax collectors. You know, the Pharisees didn't like it because he hung out with those people and looked down on him. But he said he was not called only to the sick, not to those who didn't need him. He was there to talk and speak and to heal and to work God's work into those who needed it. So you will be opposed your faith is going to be opposed. When you try to walk in these things, you are going to have a battle. But
But that exceeding great power is there for you to tap into. So we've got to understand the fact that there's something. Believing it? Yes, you betcha. Take it to the bank. But you've got to do something else besides believe it. We are called to believe it. But faith works by love. And in all love, there's going to be action. And we've just got to take the word and act, act it out. Amen. Let's look at 1 Corinthians 2. We're going to look at a few scriptures here. You guys are all right with that, right? God is so good and he's so faithful and the word will get you stirred up and the word will put you where you need to be if you'll just spend the time and trust and look at what he has to say. Amen? So 1 Corinthians 2. Paul was preaching to them here and he was wanting them to know that he want, why he wanted them to listen. So 2.4, he said to him, And my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. 2.4, 1 Corinthians 2.4. People were looking at me like, where? I know that feeling. I've sat down there because my mind was somewhere else. You know, pastor says scripture and I'm thinking, oh. Where is he? And I don't want to turn around and look because then everybody knows I don't know where he was. Like, what's her problem? Where was her mind? So it's first. So he's saying, don't listen. My words aren't my opinion. This isn't my opinion up here, though I can kind of get excited up here because I do get excited about the word because it just does that in me. It's like when I talk about the word, you guys, I just kind of like I get really bold up here and I'm like, let's go get him. Ready, team? Let's go. You know, I just get out there and like grab everybody and let's just get them in here so they can hear the truth. So it's not my opinion, but it's God's opinion. It's God's living word. So he said, my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power. Number five, that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but your faith should be in the power of God. Your faith should be in that power that is towards you. The power we're re re reading about, the one that raised Christ, the resurrection power is towards us. That's where we put our faith, in that kind of power, in that final work that he did. When he raised him, when he bought the world back, bought us back, redeemed us from the curse, when he paid the price, from when Adam fell. We're back into the garden. We can walk in the cool of the day with God. He's brought that back. If we will eat of it, believe, and take time to settle down and go, this is for me. I have these things. I can walk in this. So it's not man's idea about this. It's God's word. The word has the wisdom in it, and the word has the power. It's not in the preaching or the teaching, but it is if it's right. Because then there's an anointing that comes out of that that you can take. 
when I'm talking like this, you should be looking in here and you should be saying to yourself, I'm not taking this. I'm going to take this what she's saying. She kind of yells up there a little bit, but I'll forgive her for that. And I'm going to take this stuff she's saying because this is life and there's truth in this and, and I'm sensing something inside of me. So you should be taking hold of that because it's God's word and it's the spirit of God working in you, wanting to reveal more to you than just what I'm saying up here. See, he wants to reveal to you when you walk out the door and get in your car. He wants to still be revealing to you. He wants to be talking to you. He wants to spend time with you in regards to this. So it's at the power of God that we are to put our faith with. Go to Hebrews 4, please. Get over there right now to Hebrews 4. <laughs> no, Pastor, I was so nice to them. It wasn't bossy. Everything was good. Hebrews 4.2 talks about, you know, um, the promise to come, and it talked about the Israelites, and we know what they went through, and we sure don't want to do what they did. I mean... Oh, we got a bunch of hikers in here. But sometimes I think, really? You go up that mountain, you got to come back down, go up it again. You go up. Getting up is fine. Right? No. No, the getting up is hard. But what goes up has got to come down. And sometimes I'm up there tired. I'm thinking, I still got to get down. And sometimes that can be a struggle too. You don't want to keep going around the same mountain over and over again like the Hebrews, the Israelites did where we're going to read in Hebrews, what happened when they did not listen to the word of God. Something happened. So we need to take heed on what God's word says so we don't fall into this same, ex this is an example, he said. Um, I was going to read two, but let's start at four. It said, therefore, I mean one, four, one. Did I tell you four, one? We'll go up to four, one and two is what we're going to read. Therefore, since a promise remains of entering his rest. See, there's a promise in this. But it's like I was saying this morning, well, what is that? What are you hanging on to? Get rid of it. Give it to God and like enter into that rest that's there for you. There is a rest there. There is that peace of God that can get on you and you can just go, I don't have to worry about this. God is going to take care of it. All I got to do is just cast it and trust it, and see it's here again. The subject has come back around about casting that care. Just roll it on over. You know when you go fishing and you cast that thing out there? When you cast that rod and you send that bait out there, you expect to have a catch. I almost said, see? See, like as in S-I-C, like as in Spanish? Because I did it all week. See? See? You expect to have a catch. So when you cast your care upon the Lord, you expect that reward. You just expect it to happen. That He's got it. You cast that to him. Enter that rest. 
said, therefore, since a promise remains of entering his rest, let us fear lest any of you seem to have come short of it. How did they come short of it? Two, for indeed the gospel was preached to us as well as to them, but the word which they heard did not profit them, not being mixed with faith. So the word about the power, the exceeding great power that's towards us, that's in you, that word will not profit you unless you mix your faith with it. You individually have, because it's the word. What I read in Ephesians 19 and 20 is the word power, if you don't mix faith with it, it's just some words that you're hearing me speak of today, and it really won't profit you. You want it to profit you? You mix your faith with it. You take that. That's why I said you should be taking this. You should be thinking, oh, I'm going to get this. There's, this is God's word. I'm going to get this, and I'm going to mix some faith with this now. We're going to mix our faith. We're going to learn how to Mix faith, how to work your faith. The Bible teaches us about faith, and there's something we need to do with faith. It's just not that pretty word that's written in wood and sculptured in wrought iron all over in Hobby Lobby and places, you know, we got it on our walls, and it says faith. It's a whole lot. There is substance to it. The Bible says that faith is a substance there's meat to it. You ever sit down to a great meal and there's a big piece of steak there and you're like, now that baby's got some substance. Faith has substance like that. But you got to bite into it. That steak ain't doing you any good unless you just plow into it and take a big bite. Then you go, man, that is good. That's what you do with your faith. You bite into that stuff and you... You take it and you work that and you're like, I've got some faith in me. Now I'm going to mix it with what God said to mix it with. It's to mix with the word of the things that he said we already have in us. We already have the healing. Mix, I already have that healing. Mix that with some faith. You already have been provided for. Well, you should see the bills that I have. No, that's not what he said. He said he already paid for it. The provision is yours. Now you believe that he has what you need and it's yours already. So then you just call it that way. I have what I need to take care of my bills. God is supplying it for me. And don't try to figure out how he's going to do it. I've done that so many times. And I think I'm doing really good and I get excited. He just brings it a whole other way. It's way better. And I'm like, oh, God, thank you for you are so good. And you do things in such a way that my little pea brain, that's not condemning me. I'm just talking compared to God. My brain cannot think of doing. Because that's who he is. He'll do it in a bigger, better way. If you'll just trust. If you'll mix your faith. If you'll get your mind on the Lord, if you'll profit from the word, if you'll take what it says and spend time in it and eat of it and believe it, it will come to pass. Amen? So he said it didn't profit them because they didn't mix their faith. 
what my word says. So we're going to move on over to Romans. Uh, uh, no, go to 2 Corinthians 4. That's where we were, right? No, we were in Hebrew. Sorry, go to 2 Corinthians 4. And we're getting ready to close here. So you can exercise that faith. Yes, lunch is coming. Amen. Second Corinthians four. So we know we're talking about that power that's towards us. Hey, power is good. I appreciate the power in this building right now. How about you? I appreciate the power that got me here. I didn't ride a bike. If somebody did ride a bike, then I appreciate the power that's in you physically. <laughs> I'm not riding a bike here. But we appreciate the power. You know, the natural power makes life easier. But isn't it? Are we all in green? The natural power makes life easier. There are governing laws, you know, over power. I mean, gravity, hello, has got a governing law. Whether we like it or not, it's happening. You know, it's there. We, we can't jump off the roof and think God's going to catch me. No, the gravity is a governing law. It is there. Faith is a governing law. But it's not like gravity. It won't just happen. It just don't fall right in front of you. Faith just doesn't go, oh, let me just jump over there and work on that problem for them. Faith does not happen automatically. Faith is activated by the believer. And it's activated in a way that the Lord has told us to activate it. And in uh, 2 Corinthians 4, 7, it tells us, but we have this treasure, so we've got something. You hear me? You got something. Doesn't matter who you are, if you're a believer, if you've received Jesus, you got something. Doesn't matter if you're not serving in the church yet, or or you're just brand new and you just got saved yesterday, or if you've been serving in the church for 45 years, doesn't matter. You got something that said that we have this treasure. And treasure is typically looked at as something very valuable. So you got something. Everybody has this if you're a believer. You know, everybody in here, everybody's saved in here. So that includes everybody. We have this treasure in earthen vessels, that's this body, that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. Praise God. He just took a little bit of pressure off of you. Hallelujah. I mean, we can talk about these things. You do this, you do that, you do this, you do that. You got to do this, you got to do that. But let's not forget who's in us. 
Let's not forget who the helper is. Let's not forget where the strength comes from. Let's not try to put pressure on us so we build up all these works, works, works. Got to work for it. Got to work for it. No, let's, let's just remember who's in us, that you got something. Amen? And jump down to 13. That says, and since we have the same spirit of faith, which we do, and guess what? We all have something. We all have that treasure in us. That vessel that you're walking around in has got this treasure. And since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, we've been talking about this gospel here. I've been saying that if you listen to the word and you don't do it, it isn't going to profit you. But if you want profit and you'll do this written word and what he's saying here, according to what is written, I believed and therefore I spoke. We also believe and therefore we speak. You have to speak to activate your faith. And this isn't just saying something and thinking, oh, okay, now I'm going to get it. No, this is believing. You're believing what you're speaking. That's your faith in action. This tongue of yours mixes up the faith, the word of God. You use that according to the way the gospel said to use it. According to his word, I have power in me. Lord, thank you. There is power in me. So that situation that I'm dealing with has to be resolved because I'm using your word and there's power in me and my body is healed in Jesus' name. This pain has to go. I don't care. I don't care what anything else. I don't care what the doctor report says. You, Lord, said there's power in me and I have healing on me because Jesus didn't take stripes because he just wanted to, he did it for me. He did it for me, and I'm healed. And my bills are paid in Jesus' name. I'm using my faith right now, see? I'm exercising my faith. I'm using my tongue. My business prospers. When I put my hands to, Jesus said prospers. That means every painting I paint in Jesus' name is going to sell. In Jesus' name. He said that what I do with these hands shall prosper. That means money is coming to me. That means my bills are paid, my house is taken care of, and my kids have an inheritance. My kids are growing strong in the Lord. My kids hear God's voice. My kids are divinely protected because there's a power in them. It's a power towards them. That resurrection power is in them. Ooh, I'm all excited. Boy, I just did some faith talking there. I was an example, but you know what? I'm eating of that. I am eating of that. That is my life right there with a bow on it and gleaming on it too. Amen? So that's what you do. He said, therefore, you believe, then you speak it. Don't get quiet. Now, don't let the thunderstorm come over and just close the blinds and go get in that chair and just... Grab your blankie. No. Exercise the faith of what he said he did. And Paul prayed that you might know it. 
So pray for yourself that you might know this. Speak it over your life and pray, Lord, help me and reveal it to me stronger. Show this to me on the inside that I may know what the calling is, that I may know about that power. You know, that's not selfish praying because when you pray that way and God delivers, you become a mighty force for the kingdom of God. You become someone that can walk up to someone and lay hands on them and say, you are healed in Jesus' name, and his power is going to work. The Lord is going to prove his word by your mouth. So pray it for yourself. Speak it over your life. Speak it over your school. Speak it over your grades. Speak it over your business. Speak it over your body. Speak it over your kids. Even if we have family members that aren't saved, we can even still speak it over them. And God will move on our behalf. Let's not forget about Sodom and Gomorrah. There was some not so great people in there, and he was begged, Lord, what about them? Well, Lord, what about them? Lord, help this person that I love so much. They may not be saved, Lord, and they might be doing wrong, but have mercy on them. Send laborers across their paths, Lord. He'll work on your behalf, regardless of the actions of the other person. He will work on your behalf if you'll exercise your faith and use the power that is towards you. Amen?